The beauty of what running does is it brings people together and they connect through the activity. Uh, they grow together, they create a, a community together. So some of the best relationships I've, I've had in my life and, and the friendships I've had have come through either working on the event or meeting people that work on it. Welcome to Miles for Change. I'm your host, Jen DeSalvo, with a special Extra Mile bonus episode. We talked to Kerry Pinkowski. He's the race director of the Chicago Marathon, and he's been doing this for more than 30 years. He started in 1990 when the race, just the starters only took about 10 to 15 minutes to get out of the start corrals. Now it takes hours for the more than 45,000 runners to tow that start line and get going through the 29 neighborhoods. This whole series is about origin stories and how people got to where they are today. Of course, we're gonna talk to Carrie. So on your mark, get set, let's go. These Miles for Change are with Chicago Marathon Race Director, Carrie Pinkowski. I was not a runner in my adulthood. I did cross country in high school for a year, but okay. I had asthma, kind of undiagnosed. And um, my dog passed away from cancer in 2007. And I was a mess. I was severely overweight, had horribly unhealthy habits, and just probably the most depressed I've ever been in my life. And I told my mom, if I had a team like I did in high school, I'd run again. And I'd get healthy. And within days, a pamphlet from the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society comes in the mail. Train with a team. Get healthy. Meet friends. Run a half marathon. And I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to go to this information session. I'm going to listen to what's going on, listen to a woman tell this amazing story. And I signed up to do the Chicago Distance Classic. Okay. I walked out. I was like, this is never going to happen. This is never going to happen. I was not used to following through with anything. I went to kickoff. I went to first the first practice, and I kept going back. When I ran that half marathon, I went through the finish line. And I said, that's it. More so because... I enjoyed the discipline and the friends and everything that I had made throughout that. So I signed up for the Bank of America Chicago Marathon. The marathon. Yeah, in 2008, I kept fundraising. Um, from there, just my life completely changed. I don't think that I would be doing television right now. Like, this is not where I was destined to be. Sure. That first event changed my life. I thought, I've heard stories of people doing the same thing over the past 15 years of doing this. And people need to know out there, it's not just about going out there and being an elite athlete and running as fast as you can. This is a life-changing experience for so many other reasons. Why did you start running? Oh, wow. <laughs> well, I have to turn back the clock, but I did it kind of being invited. My English teacher in high school was our cross-country and track coach, so he and I was more of a traditional Baseball, I had grew up playing baseball and basketball and football and all. Where I, where I come from, we had great programs. And he just kind of convinced me to come out and run and be part of that. And I just it kind of discovered it, not thinking that I would ever become a cross-country runner or, or a track runner or anything like that when I was younger. But um, And just found uh, what I liked about it was the, the fact that it was there was this um, – uh, there was a team – uh, concept around it, but it was, you know, this individuality, you could, you know, you ex express yourself and um, you weren't, you always felt when you're growing up that if you, if you didn't, weren't on this team or the coach put you in a position you didn't want to play. Uh, but with running you, you know, once, once you got started, you could kind of control your own destiny. And I, I think that's what drew me to it. 
and I was just surrounded by some really good athletes and teammates and, and uh, kind of got caught up with that and had some success and just stayed with it. And, you know, here I am many, many, many years later, I guess you could say I was like, uh, I'm like Peter Pan to be able to um, do for a, a living what your, what your, uh, what your job is and, and how you make a living is an activity you did as a, as a young boy in Northwest Indiana. Um, it's kind of it's kind of cool. Not too many people get to do that. I mean, you can grow up dreaming about a profession, but to be involved in an activity that you did at a very early stage of your life and still be part of it in, mm-hmm. later in life is 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 pretty neat. Yeah, and the individuality, uh, but also being on a team that stuck out because a lot of times. Um, People don't want to do sports because, you know, if there's five person on a basketball team and you miss that shot, the rest of the team suffers. But when it comes to running, it's just. Yeah, I think that's I think that's the key to the to the success and why um, here in Chicago, the, the marathon has been has been so popular because it does create a community and it does create an opportunity for people of all walks of life, all abilities to uh to express themselves, you know, and it's, it's not so much the marathon itself, but it's the preparation and, and you discover yourself and you discover, um, things about yourself you may didn't know. And, and as you become stronger and more confident, I mean, I, I know in our training programs, our, our, our first time marathon runners, you can just see that there's this anticipation. I, w- I almost want to say fear of like what they, what they've gotten themselves into, but so many of the programs that we work with, the training programs, they start at such a gradual introduction, and all of a sudden they're running four miles and then six miles and then eight miles and 13. And then they go, God, I remember when I sat in the room and I was worried about running four miles, and now I'm running 14 or 16. And and that uh, that team-building um, energy. Um, and people develop relationships, and, and, and then to be able to express it in, in, in some cases, in many cases, it's a life experience. So... Um, very rewarding for the team here that that works on that. And looking back on the season, you know, you don't even remember how you got from three miles to 13. Sure. It just, it comes, it happens. Now, you did that when you were younger. What were the steps? How did you get to become the race director of the Chicago Marathon? Well, I, I really have to, um, you know, I... I went to college uh, on a track and cross-country scholarship in Philadelphia. I went to Villanova. I had a great coach, but I also had a lot of teammates uh, from the New York area, New Jersey area, um, East Coast. And it was like a Friday afternoon to say, hey, Sunday we're going to go up and watch the New York City Marathon. And uh, I had never been to New York before. It was in the fall. And we got on the train and went up, and I, and I got a chance to see the New York Marathon for the first time. And uh, I was amazed. Two things struck me. The elite athletes, how – how uh, how well they were running, and back then it was the Bill Rogers and 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 the the, the athletes that were so um, had such visibility back then, and Frank Shorters, and then our, and then Alberto Salazar, um, but Greta Weitz and 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 those athletes, I was so impressed with how uh, amazing performances that they could run uh, a marathon at that speed and and, and be in that control. But I also was amazed at the amount of people that were in the race that didn't seem like they looked like marathon runners. They, they just there was they you know there was it was such a diverse uh, group of participants that um, you know there was a keen interest in the elites and who was going to win and their performances. Or was there going to be a record? And then 
Also, what struck me was there were people in the race that um, that had no chance of not only winning but not mm-hmm. finishing within hours of the of the winners. But there was this energy, the crowds and the support and all of those things that go into it. Um, and as intense as they were, and at, sitting at the finish line, you know, you want to watch, you see the elites, and then you know, my teammates. Oh, we're going to go have lunch or something. But I just stayed there, and I saw. Uh, people finishing an hour, two hours, three hours behind the winners, and they're, they were as excited or maybe more excited than the athletes that had won. So that always stuck with me. And then I had a chance to to spend some time with uh, Fred Lebo, who's the founder of the New York Marathon, and um, had run in a couple of events that the New York Roadrunners had produced and got to spend some time with him. So he was very insightful. Um, and then being from the Chicago, Chicago uh, area, I uh, got to meet the the individuals that were producing the Chicago Marathon, and and uh, I've been a former athlete, so I started doing a couple projects for them that were successful, and then um, and then and then grew into the race director. They said, "You want to? Do you want to?" It was kind of by accident, I would think. I mean, I, I always I always say that there was at that time, you know, the Chicago Marathon was struggling, and I was I was I kind of like was the only one in the room or held my hand up, but um, but I always felt that. Um, being able, and then obviously seeing the Boston Marathon, that we could create something, and now this is 32 years ago, comparable or as great as as Boston or New York. I just felt Chicago is such a great sports town. This is such a great energetic community that the pieces are there. You just have to fit them together, and um, I was fortunate enough to, to, to figure that out. Well, with that being said, what was the participation level when you first became race director? Wow, I think we had thirty-two hundred participants. Wow. So yeah, it was it wasn't uh, it wasn't it, you know I, I've we, I've watched some videotape recently of the start and it just you know everybody's gone in like five minutes off they go so it's it's almost like one of our training runs or that you know there's yeah. more people in the twenty miler the Kara twenty miler so it was small it seemed like a lot of people to us back then but um, we're just able to you know to uh, to grow and develop and to get to the levels we're at now. Yeah. Did you guys close down city streets in order to run 3,200 people then? Uh, it's, it's a little bit of a different. I mean, the, the kind of, <laughs> you know, we kind of like there was still some traffic and uh, cars parked on the street and everything. It's a little bit of a different, a different design and, and uh, operational overlay in 2020, uh, 2022 than it was in, you know, 1990 or whatever. So it's my biggest holiday of the year. And I'm sure it's your biggest holiday of the year, too. Um, Okay. So the charity program. You're talking about seeing the people at the end of the New York Marathon that just didn't have a chance at winning. And we know, as charity runners, that, well, we don't always call ourselves runners, especially in the beginning. And we're not going to be anywhere near winning. Sure. Tell me about the charity program arm of the Chicago Marathon. Well, it's 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 one of the pillars of of the event that we're really really proud of. Um, you know, the phil, there's we've always felt there's three pillars: there's the philanthropic, which is the charity program. Uh, there's the sh- the social, where people are discovering running, they're getting active, uh, they're getting out, um, and they're and they're training and 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 exercising and doing all the things that we all know are good for you, emotionally and physically. And then there's the economic piece, which is you know the uh, the participants that come, the hotels, all of the all of the economic uh, impact that that the event creates. But um, 
I've always felt early on that the charity program and, and being associated with the charity is such a marvelous association because I think it enhances the experience for a lot of people. I know for me personally, <clears throat> with our 8K in the spring, the last three years I've run for charity. Yeah. And it's just, it just gets you going. It keeps you, it keeps you, you know, you have a, you have a, a fundraising goal and then you have the, the, you know, the, uh, the training goal, the running goal. So they, they just match up really nicely. And it, uh, it, it, it's, it's good because you're doing good work for, for local chair for, I've done some and raised some money for local charities, but also it just enhances the whole, the whole process. And I think what we have discovered and what the, is this platform allows charities to connect with people um, on their journey. And um, it just enhances that whole experience and it builds this, this community of, of individuals that are doing good. And it just builds relationships and they, and they connect the, the work that's done, whether it's a, a, you know, local here in Chicago or nationally or internationally. And it's just worked really well. And you know, this year we're, we're looking forward to a big year it was it was tough when we had to pause for 2020 because we had a record year in 2019. Came back really strong in 2021 with with a smaller field, but um, we're forecasting our largest charity uh, participation in the history of the event. So that's very exciting. But I just think it fits together really well. It's a, it's a nice compliment. You know, I, I I know in the in Chicago in the wintertime, it's cold and dark, and I announced that I'm going to run the Shamrock for charity. I would come home. And I would plop myself down on the chair and maybe grab a beer, a Goose Island beer, and then put the Bulls game on. And my wife would say to me or my daughter is like, aren't you running for the Parks Foundation? And I'm like, <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. You know, and so, so a lot of times the first step is the most getting, taking that first step out the door, as you know, Jen, taking oh, the first yeah. step. And when you have that added motivation, it, it's just a, a great compliment. And you come back and you feel you're just feeling great. So, um it works. We continue to support it. We'll have over 160 charities in the marathon this year wow. that are going to be doing some great work. So we're, we're really proud of that. And what's the numbers of runners been up to? I think we're going to be over 10,000 okay. uh, charity runners this year. The whole point of me setting out to talk to all of these organizations is because I wanted to know what it meant to them. Like, why is this so important? And what I came to find out was that a, a bunch of these local Chicago nonprofits, like 30% of their annual operating budget is just from their Chicago Marathon team. Why on your side of things do you feel that it is just vital to have these partnerships? For me, I've gotten to see the work that's done uh, here locally in the Chicagoland area, and it's it's an opportunity and a platform for these these groups and organizations to to obviously raise desperately needed funding, but also to raise uh, uh, elevate the awareness of the work that's being done. And I think that's equally important. And it builds a, it builds a great network. But um, it's it's an opportunity for charities to raise fund and work within the platform. And it and it's there's not a, there's very little, little risk to the charity. So. A lot of times, it's it breathes life into their other fundraising efforts, or it's it's a, it's a baseline fundraising element uh, or funding for the work that they do. So, when we started working on this 15, 20, 30 years, well, 25 years ago, we started um, we, we started to see the connects and how it worked. So it's it's been a, a, a labor of love, but we've refined it each year and gotten a little bit better. And there's there's kind of a culture where you know people are you know I'll be out at a training run and hey you know how many run how many people are running for their first time marathon and 
20 people hold their hand up, and then I'll say, how many are you running for charity? And 40 people hold their hands up. Who are you running for? I'm running for Immerman Angels. I'm running for the Mercy Home. I'm running for RMHC. I'm running for, you know, and there's that kind of, well, congratulations. And you see them, they wear their their uh, their charity charity uh, logos on their vests, their training mm-hmm. vests and stuff like that. So it it's just it's just a really good um, element, and it becomes fun. It's great work, and it connects people in a way that um, doesn't happen all the time. You were saying like, you know, 15, 20 years ago, who thought that this would be a good idea? Let's get a bunch of people to, uh, you know, dedicate hours and hours and hours away from their family, doing something nutty that they've never thought that they were going to do, pushing their bodies to weird limits for someone else. Yeah. There's something great about it. There's a, I mean, I think in our society today, uh, with so many things swirling around that that are so distracting and coming through what we came through with um, with the COVID you know pandemic and uh, everything being stopped or canceled or paused, um, that this is still you know the the marathon and the activity. There's something that's as complicated as life has been and become. There's something so genuine and basic about this. It's still about the individual making the decision to do this, the commitment, the sacrifice of of the training and adjusting your schedule and navigating around the you know the soccer practice and work and the wedding and and uh, wedding reception, anything that pulls you yes. in a graduation <laughs> and all the other things that go on in the family reunion and all the things that kind of you have to navigate around to get to the start line, but the individual controls the result and, and you can control your destiny and you, you have the ability to, um, to create that experience. And that's, I think there's something refreshing about that where I wanna be a marathon runner, I'm gonna finish the marathon runner, I'm gonna do the training, I'm gonna make these decisions and, and these decisions will contribute to, to, to the result of me you know, finishing the marathon. I think there's something so basic and genuine about that that just transcends everything because um, all the years that I've done it, the technology has changed dramatically, the popularity of the event, of our events, you know, the, 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 uh, the birth of the Abbott World Marathon majors and the yeah. recognition of, of, of what we do and our partnerships with, the, with these uh, five other great marathons. But Man, it's still that one foot in front of the other. There's that commitment, the training, and you still got to run 26.2 miles. And that hasn't changed, and that won't change. You know, it hasn't changed in the 30-some-odd years that I've done this. It's not going to change 30 years from now. And I think people are attracted to that. Mm-hmm. Now, obviously, we have, you know, tracking and nutrition and the shoes and the technology and the apparel and everything has, has changed dramatically and how people – train and the biomechanical biomechanics uh, aspects of it and the treatment and preparation and the training and the groups and all that stuff but man it's still gonna put one foot in the other you got to get up in the morning get out and put one foot in front and that will never change and i think that's what draws people to it so you talk about the gear when did you guys stop providing cotton shirts in the race <laughs> oh yeah those were the good old days oh yeah, the birth of the technical shirt that's that's probably mm-hmm. 12 15 years now but yeah, yeah for sure we used to have a hundred percent cotton <laughs> shirt and there were just uh, a couple of uh, sh- different types of shoes that you could wear now there's so many uh, um, the 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 uh, 
apparel and the and the shoes that you know that, that match your stride and your you know your pattern your biomechanics it's amazing we were talking about pushing us in order to continue to do this and keep going back and and adding mileage and you know everybody seems to have something different that motivates them or something internal that they can dig deep and and find whether it's for the person that they're out there for a, a family member or you know just a bigger cause what drives you to continue doing this work, leading this awesome event every <laughs> single year? I think, you know, I, I mentioned earlier, just intrinsically, intrinsically connected to the, to the sport uh, from a young age. I think, you know, as the event has grown over the years, it's grown with the city. There's a lot of police officers that I have worked with 30 years ago that were uh, patrolmen that have become uh, sergeants or commanders, or, yeah. or and and so the, the the city has grown with the agencies, and so I think there's some parallels. The city, as the race has gone, the event has gone through a transformation. The city has gone through transformation. If you look at Grant Park 32 years ago and what what it is now, and some of the neighborhoods and the, and the city itself, I mean Chicago has become a destination in the mm-hmm. years that I've done this. So it's there's a lot of things that complement the city complements the event, and the event complements the city. The way that the course is designed, it it allows friends and family members to access different locations. We have a wonderful participation with uh, with the CTA, where we have people who buy day passes and they get to different locations along the course. Um, it's a great tour of the city. I think trying to get a little bit better each year, but just the fact that that um, I've been able to work with so many wonderful people. And it really is, I've been for, I'm very fortunate to be the spokesperson and the race director, but it literally takes thousands of people contributing to this and to be part of that team and to see how the city embraces the event. That's what makes, makes, uh, makes it special for me. It's a lot of hard work. I mean, the marathon, the event itself, it can be a, 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 an amazing celebration. It can also be heartbreaking mm-hmm. in many ways. So it, I think it parallels life, but, and then working with, you know, some of the elite athletes that I've mm-hmm. been able to work with, some of the athletes that uh, I've gotten to know over the years that have done historic things here uh, and have become friends and ambassadors of, of the event and the friends of mine over the years. Um, it's just rewarding. It's just rewarding. And, and you know, there's always an, a new wrinkle or a new development or a new opportunity to, to enhance that experience. So I get up in the morning, uh, as long as I think I can and can contribute and lead and come with some fresh ideas or some, sometimes get out of the way and let some of our team um, develop some elements of the event, it's fun. And it's, it's centering and to work on an event like this. I mean, it's a lot of, it's a lot of hard work and a lot of detail and, and planning, um, but it's really rewarding. And, and, you know, to see all the people line up and to see the performance we're going to have, we're going to have a real good feel this year some great athletes and having not have it for a year mm-hmm. in 2020 and being away from it and then coming back with a with a, a more scaled down event and then now as we're moving towards that going back to the full scale event it's exciting and to, to not have it was aware to me how much i missed it so that pandemic year you know running is like the cheapest thing to do whether it be therapy or exercise you just buy some shoes and go uh <laughs> i ran so much that year yeah it's i think that's the beauty of it. it's very it's very accessible mm-hmm. and i think when people decide that they want to become active and they discover running and all of a sudden in the back of their mind the ultimate expression of running is the marathon they mm-hmm. start make it kind of creeps into their consciousness the marathon wow 
yeah. you know, and they may come down and, and watch the event and then be motivated by the elite athletes. But I've, there's amazing the amount of people that, that reach out to us after the marathon and say, hey, I saw this woman running the marathon. She was awesome. Mm-hmm. She motivated me. Or I, I watched all the people come by. I was up in Lincoln Park or I was in Chinatown. And, you know, I want to be part of this. How do I train? What do I need to do? You know, and so you can, you know, there's this discovery. And I've always felt nothing sell, sells the event like the the event itself. Or So it's that um, celebration of humanity that keeps us keeps us going. It is. Uh, I want to tell you a little bit about who I've been talking to also, because I don't know if you've gotten the opportunity to know much about what I've been doing kind of while well, you guys have been so busy launching a new race and all that. So I sat down with over 40 different individuals at eight different organizations right now. The first was Dare to Try. Uh, sat down and Great chatted group. yeah, with Michael Panther Mayan. He came in second place in the wheelchair race of the Shamrock Shuffle, first male. Mm-hmm. And that was like his first event. So I've been keeping in touch with him. He's training. He's planning on racing in the Chicago Marathon. And Dare to Try has helped him find the wheelchair that he's going to be using. But then also um, the great people at Camp One Step. Mm, absolutely. Uh, I don't know if you're familiar with Colleen McGrath. Sure, I know yes. Colleen very well. Yeah. She's what what an amazing individual. Yeah. And the and the work that they do is just fantastic. So we talked to her, got her whole story and how she's just doing these great things and changing the lives for kids. Marty Hogan. Is this a name that you've heard yet? Marty Hogan. You're going to have to meet him. I'm going to have to meet him. Marty Hogan is connected. I I was connected through him through Immerman's Angels, but he is also a part of team and training. Now, Marty, as an adult at the age of 33, was diagnosed with typically what would be childhood leukemia. Uh, They found out as his wife was pregnant with their first child. Marty did his first marathon. He finished the Chicago Marathon and he's towing the start line again this year at the end of july he's going to celebrate five years post-diagnosis and he says he's most looking forward to watching his son go to kindergarten this fall i'm really excited to see him out there too i'm calling this miles for change because hey we're running miles to change the lives of people and we're running to collect change um (laughs) there you go so there we go and because it's changed the lives of so many both runners and non-runners how has running changed your life Oh, I think for me, the the physical aspect of it, I mean, it, it pointed me in the right direction as a young boy. Um, it, it brought discipline and it. I discovered that hard work and coaching and, and teammates and teamwork really do, you can't achieve success. And, you know, I think the just the uniqueness of, of the sport and the, and the connection you have not only to your teammates and there's that competitive side of it, but it's also connected me to so many people from all walks of life. I think the the beauty of what running does is it brings people together and they connect through the activity. Uh, they grow together, they create a, a community together. So some of the best relationships I've, I've had in my life and, and the friendships I've had have come through either working on the event or meeting people that work on it. And it could be our vendors or, or my fellow uh, race directors of the majors. Uh, I was on a call this morning with my five counterparts from the World Marathon Majors. So we are very competitive. We're very competitive, but we're also collectively think the same way. I mean, we we share best practices. We want to see 
the events and the experience uh, improve for our participants, but also for, for running in, in general. So, uh, and we're all collectively coming out of yeah. having events canceled. So it's just that teamwork and sharing conversations and, and connecting. And it's, I think that's probably the thing that's changed my life. I've met so many wonderful people from so many different walks of life, whether it's from the corporate community or the uh, charity side of it, or the elite athletes, or our volunteers, or through the hospitality aspects of our events. So I would take that as, as the change. And I still meet new people and still uh, expand the, our relationships and grow. So it's con- allowed me to continue to grow most of my adult life. Anything else that you want to add to this conversation? No, it's great talking to you, Jen. I mean, obviously, we've worked together on a lot of different events and, mm-hmm. and, and through the broadcast and stuff. But uh, thank you for putting me on your podcast and uh, having a chance to talk to you a little bit more of the philosophical side of it, which is great. You know, we're looking forward to a, to a great year this year. I think the community is coming out of this period of time where we were all kind of in limbo and nothing brings everybody together like the marathon. So we're looking forward to a great day on October 9th and some great competition up front and our charity runners doing some great things and you know, getting back to what this event is about, which is a celebration of Chicago and a celebration of uh, people from all around the world and all around the country. Thank you for sitting down with me. Oh, my pleasure. Thank anytime, you for being anytime. awesome for you know the past amount of time we work together, but also thank you for continuing to do what you do because what you do does make a difference in the lives of tens, hundreds of thousands of people. I'm blessed to know you. Oh, well, thank you. Thank you, Jen. And thank you for spending this extra bonus mile with myself and Carrie Pinkowski, race director of the Chicago Marathon. I'm Jen DeSalvo, host of Miles for Change. Subscribe wherever you listen to your favorite podcast and share with all your friends. Tell them about the great work that so many organizations are doing while pushing their limits for somebody else.